0: Today on the 1012 podcast, we're recapping the miracle at the Magic Kingdom. We're giving Keaton Slovis some flowers. Texas Tech, that was a disgrace. West Virginia, I have an apology to make to you. Two fantastic guests coming on to help recap the weekend that was. Plus, volleyball, our power rankings, why I'm not super worried about Kansas, why you should be worried about Texas's offense, and a whole lot more.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg.
0: Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah sometimes. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Network. Find every podcast in the network at 1012network.com. That's T-E-N, the number 12, the word network, dot com, dot is a period not uh, spelled out just in case you're not aware. We are, of course, partners with Sport Social, Europe's biggest sports podcast network if you're a Premier League fan and you're not listening to the incredible podcast there, I don't know what you're doing. You you should start doing so. Uh, Thank you for joining us here on this Monday. I am your host, Philip Slavin, as always. Wherever you are listening, please do us a favor. Leave us five stars in a review if you're listening in podcast land. It really does help the show out. And if you're watching or listening on YouTube, like the video, subscribe. It would help us out and you'll make sure that you will not miss out on the 10-12, Big 12 special team show that comes out every Wednesday. We're going to talk about that uh, some more as the show goes on. Joining me today, we've got a uh, a consortium, uh, a gaggle, a gang, uh, a collection of individuals I'm very excited about uh, to help us recap the weekend that was for Week 5 in the Big 12. No Andy today, but don't worry. The Vibe Queen herself, JSJ, Jamie Steyer-Johnson, is here
3: did you say that this is going on YouTube now?
0: Uh, I tend to post the just the audio from these. No oh, video,
3: don't worry. I was gonna say I gotta have some props ready.
0: <laughs> Jamie, I would never post our video without telling you first, and I will not be showing people when I don't have to the children's playground or playroom in the background. Although I thought
3: maybe they'd enjoy the fact that I coughed up a lung a second and a half into your intro.
0: I mean, we call you the vibe cream for a reason. Look, I'm very proud of the Sesame Street Lego set that is currently right here for all of you uh, listening in podcast land, obviously a visual medium. Uh, as I said, Andy is not here. So we have two guests here that felt appropriate given some of the games we're going to talk about. He is one of the hosts of the Bayard Inn podcast, the B the, the B, <laughs> Baylor show here at the 1012 Network. He is Joe Goodman.
1: Hello. Hey, it could be the B show. I think I might give my team a grade of a B this week. Finally, they, they might get above the, the D and F territory. Hey, B! you know what? For some kids, B is throw
0: that kid a party. He's getting tested yeah. for dinner tonight. Put on your favorite movie and, uh, and stay up late.
1: Yeah, man. If C's get degrees, you know, B's are even better. So I'll take it. You know, victories yeah. are victories.
0: Chug that caffeine until 9 p.m. Little boy. Also, Representing a school that starts at the B. That would be BYU. He is Joe Wheat from the Hype Train podcast, the BYU show here at the 1012 Network. Joe, welcome.
2: Man, all that talk about caffeine. You guys are just speaking my
0: language at this point.
2: <laughs> uh also also Joe, great Joe Goodman, great name. Uh even better podcast host name, man. That's that that is elite, elite stuff right there.
1: You know, if uh, I when when I first saw your name the first time as a fan, I was thinking you, if you ever need to switch, you're going to be perfect for Kansas State. Like if you if there's ever a reason where you're not a, a BYU fan anymore, Joe Wheat, that could not be more of a guy that just worships at the altar of Bill Snyder. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I Joe know. Wheat, stick around uh, if you like caffeine. We'll might whisper sweet nothings about ice cream in your ear coming up. Oh, here. let's go. <laughs> no, we're talking
2: next, next Listen, time you you've got the Provo, you've
1: got the mountain background, and I can't even like it. It could be a fake background or it could be real. You know, it's just oh, you know,
2: dude. This is like thirty minutes from my house. This is a picture I took on a hike like three weeks ago. It's it, this. It you looks like a stock stack. photo. I love it. Yeah, no, get get out here as soon as you guys possibly can for for, uh, for a delicious uh, three foot maple bar donut and mount, mountain scenery. It's what it's do what they have those at
3: basketball games. Yes, they do. Oh, thank God.
2: <laughs> it's
3: trust me worried. there is
2: so much sugar runs in our blood here in provo utah it's 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 a great place if you're six years old
0: sugar is to byu but excessive drinking is to the rest of the big 12
1: uh okay the uh, iowa state fans heading to byu to hear no we don't have bush light but we do have cougar tails and they leave just as uh, just as satisfied
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh okay we're officially calling this past weekend second half Saturday. Texas Tech with a second half flowout, Baylor with an historic second half comeback, Oklahoma and West Virginia's defense is pitching second half shutout. Texas's offense, we will get to all of that here in a bit. Yes, that is going to include an apology to West Virginia, as I promised on Twitter at 1012 Network TE and the number 12 of the word network. Uh but first, a couple of things. Um Look, this just struck me this week and I have to address it. Why do we insist on calling all white uniforms stormtroopers? Like, why is that the look? That should only be used in two ways. Either as an insult, because obviously stormtroopers can't hit water from a boat, or in describing some sort of large... Evil, uh, totalitarian sort of like organization, a la a Texas or an Alabama or an Ohio State. When other schools and fan pages like, oh yeah, we've got the stormtrooper look, and I'm like, it doesn't like all white's perfectly fine. It is, it is descriptive. It's clean. It's simple. Stormtrooper is taking something that's not super cool, even though look, Star Wars nerd, that's fine, and adopting it. And uh, I just, I don't. Am I, am I just way off base here, or can we find a better name for this?
1: Look, all I all I know is the first reference to stormtroopers in the Star Wars universe is Obi-Wan saying that um, only an Imperial stormtrooper would be so precise. So maybe maybe they're not so bad. Maybe it's just the force that makes all of their shots missed in the movies.
2: Man, I love it here, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only other thing I've ever heard of them is like icy whites. But when when I saw that on the rundown, I was like, I don't even know who first came up with stormtroopers or what else we would call them.
3: You could call them the Clorox special since their equipment manager is going to need 18 gallons of bleach to get them clean.
1: Mm, Yeah, yeah. That's what Baylor's looked like this weekend after the, the rainy field there in Orlando.
3: That's mostly what I was thinking of. And it would be more like 180 gallons after that. My God.
1: Yeah.
0: We need an equipment specialist on the show here to actually tell us how much is required to clean all whites. Uh, okay, we'll we'll leave that one alone. Um, did you guys know the Big 12 Weekly Show on ESPN Plus is still a thing? comes out each week. It's been around since last year when they introduced it. I didn't know it was still a thing. It is. Let me first start by saying I'm gonna give full credit to the hosts Charlie Kempf and Haley Lewis. They do a very good job with what the show is. The show is basically mostly a highlight show that doesn't even pop up when you search for it. It feels like the kind of stuff you used to see on the regional Fox sports like channels. It'd be like Fox Sports Southwest and they'd have the like locally produced show on one school except for this is the whole conference. Again not a shot at Kemp or Lewis, they do a very good job with what is given. I just if we're all about younger hipper cooler, could we actually get a big 12 like weekly if we're going to just if we especially if we're just going to do weekly show that like really digs into stuff and breaks downs by the numbers and statistics and talks about EPA and and really digs in on teams and what they are good and good aren't good at as opposed to just Like the kind of highlight show I would see on the local TV broadcast on Sunday night to kind of recap everything for people who don't actually watch sports, but apparently need to be uh, given a good 10 to 15 minutes addressing all of the sports that happened in your area. I just want something with a little bit more, I don't know, not even pizzazz,
1: just smart. I want just some SEO because I Googled Big 12 Weekly and you cannot find it. Yeah. No. No. You cannot find it.
3: Well, and it's, it's weird to like have something and produce it and then not promote it in the slightest. And what I've been noticing is how many different conferences and different sports have started really utilizing the fact that there's a lot of people out there creating content that would be relevant to them. And so they've started just creating partnerships with, you know, your, your random people that are out there already doing this stuff, you don't have to hire someone on full time to do it. You know, if you're talking stats and stuff, you think of, you know, we've got Parker on here, you have so many people who get so into the weeds on that. It feels to me like missed opportunities to not be actively searching out people that are already creating that, giving them a little bit of some kind of resources some kind of money and then being able to co-brand that and obviously i'm saying that as like a regular co-host of a big 12 podcast but like that's genuinely not even the point like i see the missouri valley conference partnering with someone who puts out a 10-minute interview for their volleyball every week for someone in the conference and it's like why doesn't everyone do that for everything
1: yeah, you know, like Baylor Baylor just released Baylor Plus, right? So it's it's their own little like paid subscription, behind the scenes, extra shows platform. And they have some podcasts on there. That's exactly what they did. They went and got Elliot coffee from our daily podcast. Like He's already doing it. He's good at it. Okay. Hey, come do it for Baylor Plus.
0: Yeah, there's, there's OSU Max that's got it going on. Uh, I know BYU's got some stuff as well, Joe. I know that the um, former uh, 1012 Network podcast, uh, Give Me Help Brigham, has done some stuff with the NIL Collective for BYU as well.
2: Yeah, um, there's obviously Give 'em Hill Brigham does uh, stuff with the Royal Blue Collective. We do stuff with the ku Connect Collective. Um, I know that the Longhorn Network is a sensitive subject around these parts, uh, but BYU also has their own uh, television network um, where they put on, uh, you know, previously during the Independence Era and WCC days, like all of BYU's other sports would end up on BYU TV um but they they've also done stuff for for the conference as a whole i think every uh wcc tournament game was broadcast on byu tv so i'm not sure what what the big 12's plans are um but i know that byu tv is is something that uh that byu would love it if that was leveraged into some big 12 content down the road
0: there's zero reason to not have a a good daily big 12 show like folks just Oh, for sure. Your mark. Hear me out here. Since so to know you listen to the show, JK, like just put something, just do something like YouTube quality and then put it on ESPN plus for people who want to take it in that way. Yeah, like tweet work with link. just tweet it. with a. I I mean, I only found out about this still being a thing because Haley Lewis tweeted about it. I was like, Oh cool. Very nice. But like bring in the OSU max and the Baylor plus and like utilize these things, utilize the podcast and the people who cover this stuff on a daily basis and care about it and love it and want it. Like, to Jamie's point, like, there's so many people already producing things, spending money, even if it's sponsored by uh, whatever the Jerky official Big 12 Jerky is. Sorry. Uh,
1: Was it Old Trapper? Yeah, that
0: one. Like, I know that they're, like, sponsoring it, and there's literally, like, Old Trapper. Over. Like, I'm shocked that the the show isn't just shot with them, like, up to their neck in just a pool of Old Trapper the way the show is shot. Um, I just, like, I just... Can we try something a little bit different, a little more innovative, a little more, I don't know, hashtag younger, hipper, cooler, if we're going to do this, it'd be nice to have something. I would like it. All right. That's enough random. Let's start with the miracle at the Magic Kingdom which is the greatest name for a football game I have ever heard. Baylor 36, the Central Florida Golden Knights 35. Yeah, you guys got that one coming when you blow a game like that. Uh, Game of the year so far in the Big 12 in my book. I had to completely scrap my halftime notes. Um, I didn't even get to watch, like I had to go back and watch the end of this game later. Cause I was like walking around local downtown music festival with my three kids, uh, following this on my phone, like scrolling and updating, by the way, the ESPN app has been ass so far this year, just absolute garbage. Um, this was an absolute choke job by UCF. Just absolutely went up 21 to nothing in the first quarter. This game is over. Dave Aranda is not going to make it through the night. Like Baylor is going to be hunching for new head coach. Somebody call up GJ Kenny and get him down here quick. Then they even go up thirty-five to seven in the third. They would not score again. In fact, I want to do as best as I can a dramatic reading of the second half drive chart, if I may. <clears throat> UCF touchdown, BYU field goal, UCF interception, BYU or a Baylor? Did I say Baylor? All right. Yep. I'm doing this again. Because it's, it's okay. is always
2: on my mind too. It's fine. I know.
0: <laughs> thinking Cosmo, just you know what? He's just so underappreciated. Uh, I'm gonna do this again. I don't really care. UCF touchdown. Baylor. Serenade me. Yeah. Field goal. UCF interception. Baylor touchdown. UCF punt. Baylor touchdown. Baylor fumble return. Touchdown. UCF punt. Baylor field goal. UCF missed field goal. Baylor wins the game. UCF 0-2 in Big 12 play. Folks, here is the question for you. Did Baylor... Mount an incredible comeback, or did UCF literally stumble over their own shoestrings and allow Baylor to make a, the biggest comeback in school history? Joe?
1: Yes, huh? is the answer. Is, I can't. Is just, Wait, yes.
0: Sorry. I can't say, we're going to have to go with last names because I can't say Joe because there's two of you and I didn't think through that when I brought you both on. It's fine. We'll work through it. Goodman.
1: Yeah. The, the answer is just yes. Uh, Gus on in his post game, I think, was. It it was, it was one of those coach answers that actually has a lot of depth and truth to it. And he said, you know, we did all the things that you have to do to lose a game like that. And Baylor did all the things you have to do to win a game like that. Um, It was an absolute utter choke job by UCF, but it was something that we haven't seen from Baylor this entire season, which was playing football in the second half and actually (laughs) not caring what was on the scoreboard and fighting until the end. Um, They kind of looked like they were having fun there in the second half, which I hadn't seen whatsoever this season. So um, will not take, I will not act like, you know, Baylor was just, you know, miles ahead of what UCF as is as a football team and just dominated them. Um, and I won't also just act like, well, UCF just, you know, pooped the bed and, and, you know, and they're the only reason that, that this happened. There was, there was plays that were made on both sides that caused, that caused this. Um, but man, I loved it. I, I, I ended up hate watching this for about the third quarter, like. At halftime, I was like, I'm not even going to watch this. I don't want to, I don't even want to watch the second half. I know what this is going to look like. And then I kind of just sat down on my couch with my arms crossed. And I was just like, I'm I'm not going to let them beat me. I'm going to just keep, I'm just not going to tweet about it. And then into the third quarter, you know, I'm just kind of like, maybe, maybe this will (sighs) happen. But yeah, 28 points, man. 28 points. You come back, you win the game. Um, and and you you nailed it. Everybody, there was I'm in lots of group chats, discords everywhere around Baylor fans, and there were lots of you know leave him on the tarmac kind of comments going on. Lane Kiffin Lane Kiffin references, and it's a total 180 now. Everybody's everybody's a bit back on board.
3: Can I just say how crazy like trying to follow that kind of like you said, Philip was like sitting there and having an app as I'm trying to call a volleyball game. <laughs> and tuning out for an hour and a half or so and then checking my phone as I'm leaving the gym and saying, I'm sorry. I must be misremembering something. <laughs> Only to find that, no, my memory was serving me just fine. And that is what happened in the second half.
1: Yeah, it was... I got a I got a text from... Um like Quinn Douglas and Dylan Kuhn over on the Iowa state side. And it was just kind of like, what happened? Wait, wait it was I, Dylan texted me just all caps, Joe. Just like, I turned that off. What do you mean? You guys won
0: reminder. It's not just that Baylor scored two touchdowns on, on full drives. They also converted two two point versions to get yes. eight points twice in a row. Like literally they had to have everything happen perfectly for them to pull off a one point win historic cup. Uh, Wheat, I don't know if you got to see this or not. Thoughts on this one? So I I was actually driving in the mountains.
2: So I didn't have service. So I kind of had a similar story to Jamie where I'm like, I, I I, leave service and it's like 28 to seven or something like that. And I'm like, oh man, like what is wrong with Baylor? Uh, and then I, I come back into service and they're up by one. Uh, as Zach Wilson just throws uh, his second touchdown pass of the season, we get live delay by play here. Uh, <laughs> just like, I, I guess, question for the other Joe, like, is this the Baylor defense that we can expect going forward?
1: No, <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're they're undersized in the middle of the defensive line and UCF really dominated us in the run game. It was poor play call. Like, Mal, I don't know how Malzahn... With the way that they were able to run the ball against us, I don't understand how he wasn't able to run the clock out on us. I really don't. Um, we're still a little bit undersized in there. We're inexperienced at linebacker, and our safety play isn't great. The best part of our defense in all uh, every single game that we played so far this season has been the corners, and they're super young. Um, a, a true freshman, Caden Jenkins, he got a he had an interception and he had the fumble recovery return for a touchdown in this game um, major player of the game, if not for Blake Shapen, for me, um, is is Caden Jenkins. So the corners look really good. They're only going to get better. We're good on the ends. Um, so we'll see. I think, I think there was about a, a superhuman effort, um, a little bit of improvement there, but there's still some core weaknesses that I think a lot of big 12 teams will exploit. The big question is going to be, are we going to continue to be able to score points? And it almost kind of looked, it reminded me of the scene in Forrest Gump when he's running and the shackles or like the, the braces on his legs are coming off. It felt like the second half of this game, it was like having Blake Shapen back. He got his legs underneath him. He had been hit a few times and it's like, okay, I remember how to play football now. And so Shapen's running down the road and he's breaking off those leg braces and boom, it's like, okay, maybe we have an offense here. You know, a guy like Keetron Jackson Um, That was a transfer in this season. He's actually really showed up and having shape and back throwing to him will be helpful. Richard Reese looked like himself for the first time all season. Um, And then Monterey Baldwin, uh, who who's been hurt and he's had some drops this season and really disappointing. The dude balled out, went crazy. So having your team leader back and shape and back, I think is it's just a contagious kind of energy thing in the team. I don't think we're world beaters. And I still think this team is six wins at this point would be really, really good Five wins, I'd say. Okay, hey, we pulled it out. Um, but I, I, I'm not as doom and gloom as I was a week ago.
2: So, quite another question for you then. What is Baylor's record if Shapen is healthy through the first five weeks of the season?
1: Oh man, there's there's like a lot of like we, like we've talked. I've talked to friends about how I think if you just simply flipped the LIU game and the Texas State game, like where we play LIU first and we play Texas State third. They could have been a 3-0 and team going into Texas because I don't think Shapin gets hurt against LIU. And I think even if they play their worst game of the year, like they kind of did against Texas State, there's you're just so much more talented than LAU. You're not going to lose that game. Um, and I think if Shapin's healthy, it's likely that we we beat Utah. I think we could probably have done enough to at least scored something in the second half, not have the two interceptions that we had late in that game. Um, and I think we probably could have beaten Utah. But Utah's still great defense. uh, No matter what they did against Oregon State this past weekend, but um, I don't think I I think this Texas team that we're looking at this year is the real deal. Um, So I don't think there's any chance Baylor, even with Shapen back, would have hung with Texas at all. I think that would have been a blowout no matter what. Um, But I do think if Shapen was healthy this whole year, uh, a much higher likelihood that you that you beat Utah um he did start against texas state so i can't really give him a whole lot of give us a whole lot of credit there i think we might have lost that game even if he didn't get hurt midway through um but i do think we beat utah with him healthy
2: that's just music to my ears and there's there's no need there's no need to give utah a shout out uh in in any way no need to shout out (laughs) how good their defense is it's that drill
3: tweet
2: all, all i all i heard all i saw is that Utah has scored fourteen points in their last two weeks, and to me,
0: that's beautiful. That's America. <laughs> the slander begins. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's a
3: beautiful thing. <laughs> Turns out, under no circumstances do you gotta hand it to whatever it Utah. Was. Yeah,
1: yeah, under yeah. no circumstances. <laughs> Look, all I know uh, at the end of the day, Joe, is that there we are about to have uh, two schools from the state of Utah in the Big Twelve in the foreseeable future. And uh, I only interacted with one group of fans that were excited about it at first. So uh, I give one of those groups the benefit of the doubt there. I I'm Still only one
0: I'm, I actually think is excited about it. And one that's just changed their stance. Not from like unexcited to excited. Just from like, it ain't going to ever happen to like, well, we're going to own you. Which is not a positive change. Uh, we'll, not, not with that passing game. We'll, we'll see if this was a one-half fluke or if this is a sign of some things to come for Baylor uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, let's move on to our next game. Speaking of second halves, West Virginia shutting out TCU in the second half to get the 24-21 to 21 win. Sorry, forgive me. Um, All right, I promised this on Twitter and I'm going to deliver. <clears throat> I owe West Virginia an apology, specifically fans. I owe you an apology and Neil Brown, a little less so, but I owe the fans an apology. I picked West Virginia to finish last in my Big 12 preseason poll at number 14. I was wrong. I was very wrong. This team is a hell of a lot grittier than I thought it would be. The defense is fantastic, and I did not think this defense would be worth much. The offensive line is incredible, though we kind of thought that already. The run game is good. A reminder, I did have CJ Johnson on my first team All-Big 12 ballot because I'm Give me all the C.J. Donaldson stock. I will. I will buy all of it from you, no matter the cost. Um, I again. I don't. I didn't believe this defense would be this good. I did not. And they have been incredible. They've been lights out. Like at this point, the only loss is the loss that they were supposed to have. And I don't think they looked that bad against Penn State. And it's week one. Like we all understand, week one. They held TCU's offense to 11 yards in the third quarter. Special teams blocks two field goals in the fourth quarter to seal. The victory. We can talk about the coaching on TCU side all day. It doesn't matter. You blocked two field goals. You pitched a second half shout out. It's not pretty, but it works and it wins football games. And that at the end of the day is all that matters so far, so good. And by the way, folks, we're not gonna do the well, they beat so and so who isn't very good. I'm not playing that card. I'm not gonna do it. I don't care how bad Pitt is, I don't care, TCU lost Colorado. I don't care what Texas Tech's record is. I don't care they played an FCS team. They are four and one. Okay? It is a legit record. We're done with the overanalyzing the inferiority of the schedule. Had the schedule has the schedule been a gauntlet like we thought it was in the end of the season? No, but that doesn't matter anymore because we're not taking anything away from West Virginia from that standpoint. We're not going to do it. Am I picking West Virginia to go to Arlington? No. They don't have the passing attack for that. They don't really have a passing attack. But they can run the damn ball. That defense plays incredible football, and with Houston, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, and Baylor—sorry, Goodman—on the schedule still, I don't think I'm out of my mind saying this is going to be Neil Brown's best season in Morgantown.
1: Who'd have thought that? I put him at 14 I, too. It's just, no, and I—it's I th- almost like you're flirting with me, Philip, by starting with the Baylor—the Baylor comeback, and then also giving me a TCU losing a game after having a certain <laughs> athlete. And doing the,
0: let's run it out there at the last second field goal that didn't work this time that worked against Baylor last year. Oh God, I hate it. Ah. <laughs> I want to I want to wrap on this. Apology over, if you don't think it's good enough, that's fine. Uh, I'm sure my boys at raspy Voice Kids will tell me. I'm going to say this. Ren Baker, I do not care what Neil Brown does this season. I do not care if somehow West Virginia is in Arlington facing Texas for the Big 12 championship game. Do not offer Neil Brown And extension, do not do it. You already gave him one when, he was already given one when he shouldn't have been. He's already making a ton of money. It's one of the reasons he's still here this year to hate that coach because they literally couldn't afford to fire him. If he gets them there this year, then congrats. He's done what he's been paid to do. He will continue to be paid. Let's see him do it again because as we have said on this show, it's been a minute. So first, you know, everyone's podcast is the first. Uh, I, I can't butcher that line every time. Once is an occurrence, twice is a coincidence. Thrice is a trend. One good year does not necessarily deserve another. So this is going to be a good year for West Virginia. Enjoy it for what it is. Don't hammer yourself down to somebody who might not be able to deliver again. Okay. Any other thoughts on West Virginia? The defense has been very good, like legitimately good. I have been very, very impressed by what this West Virginia defense has done, especially the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a road win in conference. I don't care. I don't care who you play, and it, there is no old Kansas around anymore. Nope. If you walk into a road stadium in this conference and and you grab a win, it, that's impressive to me.
0: Is, is, we'll talk about Houston in a minute.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think Houston could beat old Kansas.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. No, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding to some extent.
1: But you know, I'll, I'll entertain
0: it's, it. Isn't it fun? <laughs> um, I just like. This is going to be – this is fun. And I'm I'm happy for West Virginia fans. It was a rough athletic year last year outside of baseball. It was looking like it was going to be a rough athletic year this year. Except for – I mean – and now football is having a really good year. Now, I've seen all the West Virginia fans like, they could be 8-1 and one heading into Norman to play Oklahoma. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. We'll see what happens. Um, For TCU, who knew Sonny Dyke's first regular season? Yes, I know. I forgot to put regular season in the tweet. That's fine. Y'all bring it at me. That's fine. I mean, it's going to be Thursday of next week, and some Kansas State fans still going to find that and show me a picture of the Big 12 championship game from last year. You know what? That's fine. I did it to myself. Go ahead. At
1: You did it for the engagement. You just want the clicks.
0: You did a dumb thing on purpose. I am not the guy from The Athletic who says stupid things just because he knows it will get people going. I'm not going to say his name. You all know who it is, but I'm not going to give him that. Um, who knew that Sonny Dyke's first regular season conference loss as a head coach in the Big 12 would be at home to West Virginia? Oh, my. Process I, that for a second.
1: You just made me so happy.
0: <laughs> Which is why I was like, I know I messed the tweet up and so it's not getting like it's getting the wrong kind of engagement, but like Sonny Dykes first regular season conference loss as a head coach in the big 12 is at home to West Virginia.
1: Both of his conference losses are in his own Metroplex too. Wow.
0: And it's something and it's something. Uh, Anybody got any final thoughts on TC or West Virginia? Anybody else want to offer up some apologies or flowers to the WVU defense?
2: I mean, West Virginia is way, well, I don't know, even coming into the season, having a good defense fixes a lot. Yes, it does. Uh, it, it, having a good defense keeps you in a football game, no matter how, like, incompetent your offense is. If, if you can hold a team to 21 points, you're going to be in a football game. So I'm not sure I was ever, like, personally looking at Houston uh, coming into the season. I thought they would probably be the worst team in the conference. Uh based on what I saw from West Virginia last year, it looked like they had a lot of close losses, um, that very could have easily swung them into bowl eligibility. Uh, they kind of feel like this year's TCU of last year, where they just, they find a way, um, where like blocking two field goals to, to end a football game, like that, that takes some kind of magic, uh, takes some kind of luck, but it also takes guys in positions to make plays. So, uh, I I'm definitely a lot higher than West Virginia than I was coming into the season. Uh, I'm still, I'm obviously lower on TCU, but I still think TCU is going to be fine this year. I, uh their passing attack is good. Their offense is good. They just, for whatever reason, they just can't punch it in.
0: Uh, once they get close to the goal line The, the defense is obviously taking a step back for TCU and look when you win as many close games as they did at TCU last year like those things tend to even out a little bit and right now West Virginia is the team who is winning close games we have said the teams that win the close games can often find themselves in Arlington I'm not picking West Virginia to get to Arlington because there's other teams who are better than them still but Full props for West Virginia. Uh, also props to Charlie Hustle, official sponsor here on the 1012 Podcast and for the entire 1012 Network. This whole podcast is brought to you by Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. They are a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City, right in the heart of the Big 12, that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season of the show. Be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today. Show off your school spirit all season. Long. they launched the old school college football helmet tees before the year they are incredible uh what is the oh hold on let me pull up my old email here <clears throat> uh, because i gotta remember who is this week's giveaway which podcast in the 1012 network will be giving away shirts this week thank you email for taking forever to long uh you know as much prep as i do for this show and i do try and do a prep you all know, i had a very nice uh, rundown I still feel like I'm doing a terrible job. Uh, they have stuff for Baylor. They have stuff for Iowa State. They have stuff for BYU.
1: I have. I, I In fact, I'm wearing a Charlie Hustle shirt this weekend for the Goldout game. I'm wearing the the stiff-arm tee.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful.
1: I have your schedule.
0: All right. Who's this week?
1: This week, it's uh, UCF at Kansas.
0: <gasps> yes. So that will be Sons of UCF and Rock Chalk Podcast. will be giving away a free shirt from Charlie Hustle that's good stuff, folks. That's, it's just, it's good stuff. So make sure you are following them on Twitter so that you can partake. Don't forget, you can use the promo code 101215TEN1215 for 15% off all non-sale items at charliehustle.com. Reminder, I didn't say first time purchase. I said all non-sale items. With more than 30 schools to choose from, including 13 of the current 14 Big Twelve Schools and Colorado, who will be back in the Big Twelve next year. They have you covered with all of your collegiate apparel and needs. So shop today at CharlieHustle.com. Promo code 101215 T-E-N 1215. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. All right, Wheat. Let's talk about your boys. Let's talk about the only newcomer in the Big Twelve to have a conference victory so far this season. The four newcomers are now 1-7, and seven, though I will note none of them have beaten one of the original 10 so far. The only win for the newcomers is a win over one of the newcomers that came this week. BYU 35, Cincinnati 27. The Bearcats scored a touchdown with 20 seconds, 26 seconds left, turned a two-score loss into a one-score loss. Golf clap. I'm. We're going to set Cincinnati aside for a second, because um, I got fooled by them for the first few weeks of the season, and I will be fooled no longer. I already said my apologies to West Virginia. I am not going to apologize, but I am going to make sure that we uh, deliver an ample number of flowers here to Keaton Slovis, the job that he has been doing so far as the quarterback for BYU, because BYU sits here with this 4-1 and record because of how good Keaton Slovis has been for BYU. They were 107th in expected points added EPA per rush coming into the weekend. On Friday night, they mustered 70 yards on 28 carries for 2.5 yards per carry. This is not a good rushing offense. This is like the antithesis of West Virginia. A whole lot of stuff having to be done by the quarterback because the running game ain't doing a whole lot to support him. Slovis has averaged 248 yards per game, accounted for 13 touchdowns and just three three interceptions, and has led BYU to a 4-1 record so far. He has been fantastic. BYU also with a fantastic difference or a defense, difference, defense so far this season. Wheat, we thought coming into the year that BYU might struggle, but the chance that they had was because this is a team that has the most experience playing, something akin to a Power Five schedule, because they typically played six P5 games a year as opposed to Houston, Cincinnati, UCF with one or two. But again, it's still early. They're four and one. There's a lot of games left to go. But I have been very impressed by BYU and Keaton Slovis so far this year.
2: Yeah, you were mentioning the running game. Uh, that was actually a good game for BYU's rush offense. Uh, Two, they so far this season they are averaging 62.8 yards per game and 2.28 yards per carry. Uh, this it is. It's it's been bizarre. Like it's if you would have told me coming into the season that our defense was going to be really solid and our run game was going to be awful. Uh, I, I wouldn't have believed you like this, this offense, it's, they, they returned a future first, second round pick along the offensive line in Kingsley. Um, they have put, you know, two straight running backs into the NFL on active rosters right now. And then they brought in two four-star running backs uh, in the off season. Like we thought that was going to be the strength of this team. Um, and it just hasn't been that way, but somehow BYU finds ways to win games. Um, I I posted a meme at halftime when BYU was up somehow 14 to 10, um, of Crunk from Emperor's New Groove, like pulling down the the map of like, how did you guys get here before us? And he goes like, (laughs) I don't know, by all accounts, it doesn't make sense. Like that's, that's kind of been, that's been BYU this season. Like I I heard it on the, uh, the cover three podcast, uh, from CBS sports this week that BYU is probably going to be the toughest out in the Big 12. Like, it, it, they're such an annoying team because every team that's played BYU so far this year has pretty much outgained them 2-1, to one. and then you look up and
0: somehow BYU's up by two touchdowns. It just it doesn't make a ton of sense. They're, they're a wild team. Like, it really is interesting. Like, I was at the Arkansas game, and that was a weird game. Like, Kansas is tough to play the first time, that offense with healthy Jalen Daniels. Like, that's that's going to happen you especially when you have two turnovers that turn into touchdowns you know, like playing in Provo is a pain it's going to be difficult for the teams that have to go there especially if they haven't been before I mean, it's it's wild um shout out to Greg Rubel uh, if I mispronounce his last name I was Mm-mm, thank Bell. you uh, thank you wheat uh tweeted this out this week's game was the 15th of the sataki area in which byu gained fewer than 300 yards of total offense against an fbs opponent byu lost each of the first 11 and has won each of the last four versus smu last year sam houston arkansas and cincinnati this year byu west virginia y'all that is going to be a very, very interesting game of two good defenses, one team that can run and can't throw, and one team that can throw but can't run. Oh, just yeah. circle it now.
2: I'm, I mean, I'm probably more interested in what's going to happen against TCU, uh, just because I, you know, five weeks in, I still have no idea what this offense is. Um, but to kind of give you like some numbers behind like how just how weird BYU's offense is, so far they've had, uh, I think it's somewhere in like the forties or fifties of drives. They've scored 20 touchdowns this season on touchdown drives. BYU is averaging 9.54 yards per play on all other drives this season. BYU is averaging 2.2 yards per play. So it's about as boom or bust of an offense as you can get. Um, but the difference is, is BYU is top 15 in the country in red zone offense. they, like if if they get the ball inside the twenty yard line, they are going to score, and odds are they are going to score a touchdown. Um, they they are currently one fourteenth in total offense, uh, but they're averaging thirty five points per game over the last uh, four weeks of the season. So, it, like I said, it's it's a bizarre offense, but it's an offense that makes plays when you need them to it's kind of the antithesis of cincinnati where cincinnati is averaging darn near close to 500 yards a game but they can't punch the ball in once they're in the red zone like it's and and really that's the difference between being four and one like byu is and unfortunately being two and three like
0: cincinnati is you know beat them on the field and then throw the slander out there right now Bravo, Wheat. Bravo. <laughs> I, I, I'm I, sorry. I, 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 I mean, no disrespect to Cincinnati. I,
2: their defense is unbelievable. I think they're they're uh, they're one of the better defenses that I, that BYU has played so far this season. Um, but uh, somehow Keaton Slovis uh, just finds a way to find an open receiver, even when he's falling down and intending a one receiver and ends up hitting another receiver for a touchdown. It's just been that kind of
0: year so far. Magic. That's what they call that. They call that cougar tail magic right there. Okay. <clears throat> uh, let's move on to Texas Tech 49, Houston 28. I we I spent a lot of time on this game. I am going to start with this. It was a Hall of Fame weekend in Lubbock and a celebration of the pirate himself, Mike Leach. Please every understand that everything that I'm about to say is directed at the school and the athletic department, not the fans, most of which I believe agree with me on the take I'm about to lay down. It is a bit disingenuous to celebrate the incredible coach that you fired and re- still refused to pay his family the $2.4 million they are owed after he has passed away, not to mention you did this after he died because there's no way in hell he would have come to town for this celebration and to be inducted into your Hall of Fame if he was still walking the earth. So like, cool that you did this. Glad for the fans to be able to celebrate Mike Leach. As far as the school and the administration and let Athletic department go, screw you guys for trying to take advantage of the fact that he's now gone and you can kind of do whatever you want, even though this felt more like a slap in the face than actually honoring him.
1: It felt like a, uh, uh, something that George Costanza would do in Seinfeld. <laughs> like, that's that's the the first thing that it's like it, it's it's so absurd and it's, it's like no this is stranger than fiction nobody would ever actually do this like everybody remembers the context oh no they are okay great
2: I just ugh. it made me visibly angry to see that and i wasn't sure if i was allowed to feel angry about that because again like we're brand new no, no. I haven't you're a human connection. being who appreciates but, like, mike leach you're allowed to be angry i, I I mean, Mike Leach is one of BYU's favorite sons. Uh little known fact he did attend BYU. Um, but I read I read the system over the summer, um, and it went in depth into what happened at Texas Tech and how Mike Leach lost his job. It it baffles my mind that Texas Tech has the, the nerve to even say the name Mike Leach at this point.
1: Yeah, when I saw the when I saw they were putting the uh the the you know scrolling crossbone decals on the helmets, I was just like you got to be kidding me. Like, it's one thing when Joey Maguire does it. Like, if he's got, like, he's got, you know, the 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 Jolly Roger inside of his jacket or something. Sure. I think he's done that a couple of times. Like, he had nothing to do with Texas Tech when all that went down. He can understand that there's a legacy there and what that means to the fan base. Exactly what you said. Like, the pirate will always be attached at the hip to Texas Tech fans, especially the ones that were around during, like, the Graham Harrell and Michael Crabtree era. But as a school and an administration I, they crossed the line. They, I think they did. Cause I hadn't even thought about what you said. Like, I thought it was absurd when I first heard it, but when you just brought up, like the only reason they're able to do this is because he's dead now. It's, it's ridiculous.
3: And it's like, they were waiting. Like they were, they were just thrilled. (laughs) They're like, ah, it's, it's time to start cashing in again, baby. Like, let's go. It's like, you couldn't even try and like, give it a little bit of, time before you start trying to cash in, like maybe trying to give enough distance where people could start assuming that you made things right behind the scenes or anything like that. But it's just like, I don't know, the the race to try to make anything uh more relevant. Like just to to want to make everything an event and to use any opportunity to do so no matter how absolutely scummy or nonsensical it is is uh, is disappointing but truly it is, it is beyond baffling that they got through to actually executing this plan and no one stepped in and said that it was a poor idea and then that like yeah there's backlash but not significant enough that they're going to have to address it. Like it's just, I think the worst part is that they're just going to get away with it and they're just going to move on. And it just is what it is. This Though that's like nothing new in football. This,
0: this feels like walking in on some sort of like corporate boardroom circle jerk back, back pat where everyone's like, good job, good job, good job. We did a good job. Yeah. We did a job. Good job guys. Good job. Yeah. We did good. We did good. All right, as for the game itself, uh, for the second straight Big 12 game, Houston gets blown out in the second half, gave up two special teams touchdowns in the first half. That's not the second time, but they get blown out for a second straight Big 12 game. Uh, Holgerson had a quote about special teams, quote, it was as bad as we've had since we've been here. Uh, Tech had a 100-yard kickoff return for touchdown and a block punt for another one. We will discuss both of those on the Big 12 Special Teams show on YouTube this week. That usually comes out on Wednesdays uh, if you think that the 100-yard kickoff return was the best special teams play of the week. 10-12 Network on Twitter. We got a poll running right now. West Virginia's uh, game-winning blocked field goal is leading that poll by a lot for good reason. Um, Y'all, I just like... Look, Tech needed to win, and congrats to them. We're going to talk about a big game, surely, next week, and when we talk about next week. For Dana, um, hold on, I'm going to do my best. Chris Tucker, uh, to quote Ruby Rod, Chris Tucker's character from The Fifth Element, hot, hot, hot! That's how I would describe his seat right now. (laughs) We're pulling out
3: some stick references today. Uh, Thank
0: you, thank you.
1: Uh, when i have time to play yeah i, I just I'm dropped a sign you now the you're dropping a, a fifth cause... element the, the, the fifth element's an amazing film i don't know if it's younger hip or cooler though it,
0: it, mm, it...
1: also that was that was <laughs> i i commend you on the effort but it was absolutely yeah, the worst movie i'm glad ever that
3: you had the disclaimer because otherwise that would be uh, I had to do something worse
0: than the uh, misused TCU tweet. The Kansas State fans are going to quote tweet for the next uh, three years. Um, Like, Dana, man, uh, I know you don't have any answers and so you have to give whatever, but the answers always continue to just kind of sound like, I don't know what everyone else is doing. Like, I'm trying to do my job. Like, yeah. uh, I will remind everyone, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast or not, but after the loss to Rice, I did a little digging into Dana's buyout. Um, shout out to koogs for this one. Uh, Hogerson's total compensation from January of this year through the end of his contract. Well, this was written back in... so I uh, March. Okay, so back in March. This was written back in March. Um, so... The total compensation from January of this year to the end of this contract, which is December 31st, 2027, is $22.5 million, an average of $4.5 million per year. In terms of a buyout, he's owed 100% of his salary and non-salary compensation in 2023, 2024, and 2025, and then 60% of the final two years. So if he was to let, let go at the end of this season, before December 1st, he would be owed $14,838,000. Um, here's the thing but that buyout is not, has never been a lump sum payout. The university pays Dana monthly and per his contract has the right to pay a buyout monthly too. So they could pay him monthly buyouts that they would owe him until he's paid off. They could just, it's like taking the lottery as opposed to the lump sum. You're taking a monthly payout from your lottery payout. They could just do that if they wanted to pay Dana. So it's not like they got to come up with 10 or $14 million at the end of the year to get rid of him. They're just going to be like, all right, Here's, I'm not gonna do math because I was an art major for a reason. So don't ask me what that actually would be monthly. I'm not gonna try and figure it out. Point. Oh, three hundred three thousand dollars a month.
1: Thank you, Goku. That's, right? That's nothing to Tillman for. Right.
0: That's nothing to. He's a little bit busy with 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 the rockets. He
1: makes him. that in a, like just on interest in a random savings account <laughs> that he has. So point is like
0: um, it's not undoable at the end of this year.
1: And to be fair, they are two and three on the season to now. And uh, Renu Couture, their school president, famously said in the major Applewhite era, we fire coaches for going eight and four. So they're only one loss away. I, so
0: I love how much that statement has come back to bite him in the ass every single season, except for like one since Dana has except been Except for fighting. like one. Yeah. One in which the entire AAC was bad. Like. Good job. Okay uh let's wrap through a couple of these real quick texas 40 kansas 14 kansas without Jalen daniels so i'm not and jason bean played terrible against a really good texas defense it's really good did you guys know texas defense is really good it's a really good defense so i'm not going to hold this one against kansas all too much um let's get the texas defense it's flowers again they are fantastic also jonathan brooks who had 218 yards and two touchdowns on 21 carries i'm gonna predict offensive player of the week award from big 12 for him come Monday. Just 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 going to go out on a limb here and predict that to the winner. That said, the Texas offense still has concerns. Here's a couple of drives from Texas. First and goal at the Kansas 8 field goal. First and 10 to the Kansas 33. They got two yards uh, and then missed a field goal. First and 20 at the Kansas 29 interception. First and 10 at the Kansas 28 missed field goal. This actually could have been far worse for Kansas than it was. Texas has been leaving points on the board all season, but their defense has been so good that nobody's made them pay for it yet. Nobody, not even Alabama, who, you know, it was a close game until Texas kind of ran away from it. Like for Texas, there's not going to be a lot of teams. There's one coming up this week that might actually make them pay if they mess around and don't score when they're in opportunities to do so. It will be something to keep an eye on moving forward. Again, Texas is going to be in Arlington. I'm just, I, they're going to. And so from a win, get to the big 12 championship game standpoint, it's not going to bite them. If they have higher aspirations for that, like undefeated season, winning the Big 12 championship, going to the playoff and winning games that matter there, like they going to have to figure that out because that's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State. Sorry, Jamie. OU's defense has nabbed 10 interceptions on the season already. They had two in the first half against Iowa State. That's um, some. That's a lot of interceptions through five games. Hey,
3: you know what? You know how I said I, I walked out and I was looking at the Baylor score? Um, you wanna know when I was able to start listening and watching the Iowa State football game? When it was twenty one to twenty.
0: Mm. Oh. Pain Pain.
3: Might be my fault. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's the vibes.
3: Um I was Can't rule it out.
1: I I had baseball on at this point because my my baseball team is in a was in a, a division race and uh I was following the Iowa State game very closely through Twitter rather than the ESPN app, just the, the reactions of, of my Iowa State faithful on there and it was it was painful to it was it was painful to watch that way.
0: Uh in the first half, Iowa oh. State gained 260 yards and 20 points. In the second half, they gained 59 yards and zero points.
2: Well, that's what's so painful is like it wasn't just that they got killed it's that they gave you hope and then they got killed I think that
0: hope's the thing that actually kills you yeah
2: there
1: was a lot of like when it was like what 27 to 20 or 28 to 20 and Iowa State had the ball and it was like I just that's the common theme over and over again on Twitter that I saw was like score before the half Oklahoma gets the ball to start the third quarter score before the half and then just out of nowhere I just saw like Oh, no. Like, I guess Rocco had thrown an interception. It was just, it was like, oh, no.
3: Like, if I had walked out and the score was just 30 to nothing, I would have not turned it on the radio. I would have not turned it on the TV. I would have just gone about my day and been like, ha, nice. I didn't watch that. (laughs) But instead, I was chasing the dragon of, like, everyone else got to watch part of a half Of what looked like competent football. I want to see a little bit of that. And I did not.
0: Chasing the dragon. This, I'm just, the references on today's show are just, just fantastic. I mean, absolutely fantastic. Uh, um, uh, We'll wrap this one on this one. Uh, Campbell was caught on video uh, yelling at a fan who was yelling at him after the game. Look, this is in no way... Please don't understand. It. I'm not going to defend fans who act like jerks. Like, just because you bought a ticket doesn't entitle you to treat human beings like less than. Um, you. I don't care how much you've been drinking. That said, uh, Campbell was yelling back at this Oklahoma fan on his way off the field at the end of the game. By the way, Campbell got into it verbally with an, I think, an Iowa State fan after the Ohio loss. This is the second time this season... Campbell seems to have kind of lost his nerve with somebody yelling things at him against once is an occurrence twice is a coincidence. Three times is a trend. We haven't gotten to thrice quite yet. However, it does start to make you wonder that the pressure might just be getting to Matt Campbell at Iowa state right now, despite, you know, his name was connected to the Michigan state job, Matt Campbell, who doesn't have an agent. I don't know how that happened. Um,
3: <clears throat> According to who
0: oh, it, it's those lists that get thrown up all the time. Uh, it's,
3: I'm, they just saved the one from two years ago and reposted it.
1: That's what they do. I mean, if you want, look, if you want clicks, Iowa State Twitter is a group to poke. It's fair. It is.
0: It, it really is. <clears throat> like most online uh, conference, Big 12 between Kansas State, Texas Tech, Iowa State, and UCF.
1: Like it's, you poke at it. It's gonna work. Just put a just put a poll up and put Iowa State on there and Texas Tech on there, and you're gonna get lots and lots of responses. My
2: my joke. I, Go ahead. I would delete my account. I would delete my account and become a Utah fan before I ever went toe to toe with Cyclone Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I have I haven't been here long, but I know that much.
1: I miss the days of before everybody knew Cyclone Larry when it was like. Possible to see Cyclone Larry sneak up on people?
0: Could didn't see it coming. Again, it was an absolute disservice to all of us that Iowa State and UCF do not play in football this year. I do not understand why. Like we it just come on, come on. Uh, okay, uh, let's get to. We posted our power rankings for this week. Let's talk about them because we have people to talk about them with. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma one and two. Again, Kansas State up to third. Kansas down to fourth. Less to do with the loss. More to do with. Jalen Daniels dealing with back issues. If that's going to bother him all season, I'm going to dot Kansas because that's going to impact them on the field and the success that they have. BYU up to five. West Virginia up four spots to number six. Yes, West Virginia fans, six. It's not a slight. Calm down. You're four and one. Let's get a little bit further along before we feel like we should be in the top three. TCU stays put at seven. UCF down three spots to eight. Eight. Iowa State holds at nine. Texas Tech up a spot to 10. Cincinnati down three spots to 11. OSU, Baylor and Houston remain 12, 13, and 14. Yes, Baylor fans, I know you came back to beat UCF. I'm not going to overreact to a historic never-been-done-before-in-your-program-history second-half comeback. I have four and a half other games worth of data to use. One half of something that's not easily repeatable is not something I'm going to overly weigh in my decision-making.
1: I can't believe that you didn't give Oklahoma State more credit for beating the fighting buys of off week.
2: It might be their best one of the season.
1: They pitched a shutout.
2: Definitely a better team than Arizona State. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I would say
0: the Idol Idol is better than every team they face so far this season. I would say Arizona State put up 28 on USC. South Alabama's South
2: Alabama's got a squad. They got they got killed by uh, James Madison. And but, Central uh,
0: Michigan and like Nah no 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 no. you can you can <laughs> sell me on South Alabama basically scrapped their entire season just to beat Oklahoma State all day and the OSU marched out with their uh, three quarters. I don't care. I don't like I don't no. Like they I, I tried,
2: guys. Just
0: just beat Oklahoma. <laughs> that game. Right. that it's... game could get um it's Mer- still salvageable. No, that game could get The dirty.
1: biggest travesty in the history of this conference since 1996 is the fact that Bedlam is not being played in the last week of the year. I'm still pissed talking about that.
2: Oh, dude, what are you talking about? The premier team in the conference is going to
0: Stillwater that weekend.
1: <laughs>
0: BYU-OSU in Stillwater. Final week of regular season. Just kidding, guys. Sorry. It's good. It's good. Uh, Enjoy the win. Uh, Before we get to looking ahead to next week, as we always do, Jamie, our resident volleyball expert, Colin Games for Drake now as well. Look at you moving on, volleyball queen, vibe queen, volleyball queen, discord, uh, overlord. That's right. Discord overlord. Um, how many more titles are we going to add?
3: Overlord. I'll, I'll get there. Uh, yeah, it's uh calling more games is awesome. I feel like I actually can uh say what I'm trying to say in my head now a little bit occasionally. Although yesterday I did screw up uh calling uh an offensive scheme the wrong one and then I couldn't sleep at night. Uh look, I said six two. I meant five two and it hurt. But as far as Big 12 volleyball goes, uh, which fortunately I was able to watch some of a uh, little bit yesterday, a little bit today, unfortunately didn't get the result that I would have preferred to have seen today, Sunday, uh, as far as Iowa state goes, but it was really interesting because you've had. uh, Usually like six teams ranked so far this season and Iowa state just dropped out down to 26 in this last ranking. So you had, the teams that were almost the most close in the rankings nationally facing off in the Big 12. So, uh, number nine BYU and number 10 Texas played. And then you had number 19, Kansas, number 20, Houston playing. And then Baylor sitting at 18, Iowa State was down at 26. So all three of those pairs faced off this week. Uh, The kind of funky thing is that the Big 12 changed it this year so that you're playing back-to-back games most of the time. So instead of where you used to have a lot of those home-and-homes on the volleyball side as well, now to cut down on travel, when you travel to a team usually you're going to be playing back-to-back games there. So uh, in this instance, a lot of them were were Saturday, Sunday. So you you get the double home court advantage. But uh, all of them were fairly competitive on the first day. Uh, You had Texas taking down BYU three sets to one. That was actually on Thursday. They started them a little bit earlier than I remembered. Uh, And then three to one again on Friday. So Texas swept it. Then you had... Kansas actually ended up sweeping Houston as well, uh 3 to 2 and then 3 to nothing. Iowa State and Baylor are the only ones that split. So Iowa State took down Baylor in five sets on Saturday and then got swept today on ESPN. Got bumped up to the mothership uh and then ended up losing. But splitting, I think sh- should be enough to get Iowa state back into the rankings i'm not entirely sure if that will in fact happen uh but college volleyball was really crazy this week so the rankings are gonna be all over the place like you could see houston drop out because of losing a couple matches even though they probably should still be up there i have no idea what they're gonna do with the fact that texas swept byu probably bump up texas more as opposed to dropping byu a whole lot uh, but it is certainly still shaping up to be a really, really tight race for the Big 12. I've been saying it since the beginning of the season when we started seeing teams kind of losing that you don't usually see lose almost at all, Texas. Uh, but it is still definitely looking pretty, looking pretty tight. Texas is is looking like they're getting into kind of midseason form, which is always threatening. Uh, but it's it's been pretty good so far.
0: I will also note, soccer, y'all, this Thursday is the the game we've had circled for a while. Undefeated Texas Tech 5-0 in conference play, undefeated in conference play. On the road to Provo to face BYU, who remains one of the best teams in the country, Texas Tech. That is going to be a monster match. Cannot wait for that one. I know Wheat's excited about that one coming up on Thursday Dude, night at 8 p.m.
2: We are a women's soccer and women's volleyball school, 100%. <laughs> I don't see any other programs uh at BYU making it to the national championship game. Uh but women's soccer is that program.
0: They they are absolutely phenomenal. So that one's Thursday. It'll be on ESPN Plus. Um and then you get TCU, who's currently 4 0 and 1 versus 5 0 Texas Tech on Sunday in Lubbock. Mm, we got some good soccer. That's some good baseball soccer. Love it. All right, let's wrap up this show the way that we always do by looking to the weekend ahead, of course, we'll make picks for every game. Uh, that'll be on Thursday with Daniel, Chris, and a guest for this week. But we have five games on the docket for the weekend. I'll run through the list. You will all pick your favorite. It just can't whole, uh, be a game involving your team. No problem for a week or uh, this week. Friday, we'll a little early Big 12 action. Kansas State at Oklahoma State on 630 on ESPN. Saturday, 11 a.m., The final Red River in the Big 12, Oklahoma versus Texas at 11 on APC. One midday game, UCF at Kansas. That's the Charlie Hustle game of the week with a fantastic giveaway. 3 o'clock on Fox. All these game times, by the way, are God's time. Two night games for you, two options. ESPN 2 at 7 o'clock will have the Butt Bowl, Texas Tech at Baylor, and then Bumped to FS2, TCU at Iowa State at 7 o'clock as well. Jamie, you can't pick Iowa State, TCU. So, what is your game for this week?
3: Yeah, you no. Know, otherwise, that definitely would have been my pick. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I I'm gonna go with Kansas and UCF because uh, it's hard enough to watch a game with one of them. Uh, I'm not gonna watch Oklahoma and Texas both on my screen at once. Don't care. Move on. Don't want to hear about the SEC. Um, so I'll, 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 uh, I'll say Kansas UCF because I'm still very interested to see kind of how UCF does the rest of the season, especially after losing the way that they did last week. That's a tough way to lose. And then for Kansas, you're trying to adjust to, okay, is Jalen Daniels going to play? If not, uh, is he in? top form was that kind of a fluky thing that you were being cautious about or are there much more significant issues at play which shameless plug little preview i get into a little bit on my patreon content for this week pew pew pew, pew. <laughs> fireworks <clears throat> Very you good. can post that video if you want. It was really good. Uh, where I pulled a tarot card for everyone and it told me some things. It was Kansas doesn't have bad news, I don't think.
0: So, uh, Jamie's Big Twelve tarot card readings will be on the Ten Twelve Network Patreon. You can subscribe to any of the shows available there uh, for five dollars a month. We will continue to put out some content on it as much as we can. But now we've got some regular content because we got tarot card readings for the Big Twelve. If that's your jam, Goodman, what's your game this week, man?
1: Uh, I'm going to completely agree with Jamie on the first part, which I have even I even, I grew up a Sooner fan. All right. I have zero interest in watching an SEC matchup in, in Big 12 play. So, I'm, you know, that's the that's the cop out answer. Um, and I can't pick the bubble, uh, of course. So I'm actually going to take Kansas State at Oklahoma State because I'm going to I'm watching Oklahoma State very closely this year just to see how bad it has to get before like. Mike Gundy just sits in a lazy boy on the (laughs) sideline, just not caring
0: anymore. (laughs) Uh, Wheat.
2: I mean, I'm with all you guys. I have no interest in watching Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, Who wants to watch those two programs? Um, Honestly, I have to go with Jamie. That like UCF Kansas is probably the most interesting one on the slate it's kind of the contest to see who will be the best of the rest uh, of the big 12 outside of, you know, the big three of Kansas state, uh, Texas, and Oklahoma. Um, it'll be a lot more interesting if John Reese Plumley and Jalen Daniels are able to play uh, both are high powered offenses has definitely has the makings of, uh, you know, an old big 12 uh, type shootout that made me love and fall in love with college football in the first place. Uh, but I'll throw Joe a bone here. Like, the butt bowl is going to be awesome. I I'm excited to see like is is Baylor like is this who they are now? Uh, are, are they gonna like have they turned a corner or is it just going to be more of the same? Um, and we're just going to have the sickos game of the week in the Big Twelve.
1: I mean, hey, if it's the sickos game of the week, I mean that's still that's still a win. I a buddy butt bowl, you know, you know, a, a, the a new form of El Asico.
0: Wow. Well, there's only one El Asco. We've had El Trashico, uh And now we have the Butt Bowl, which might be the the buddiest of all Butt Bowls. I mean, I think this is the game. Uh, reminder, no team, no Big 12 team since the conference began in 1996 that has started 0-2 has ever made a bowl game. That includes Baylor and Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech is the better team in this game, but I think they have the far more difficult path to six wins after this one. So... I mean, for a team this year to overturn the starting 0-2 means no bowl game, like, they have to get their third win here because it's not like the other six afterwards are going to be easy. So, like, I am very intrigued by this one. Look, it's the last Red River is a Big 12 game. Like, I get it. We're all, like, it, it's probably the first of two appearances of this matchup. I'm just being honest. Um, so maybe you just want to wait till they meet up in Arlington instead because that's probably what's going to happen.
3: Or I'll be done with football by then.
1: Yeah. Please, that'll be the only game to pick as your game of the week.
0: Please, Kansas and Kansas State. You are our only hope. Um But I think it's hey, the level. T-
1: you know what? Hey, there is a undefeated Big 12 team <laughs> seven, four and one right now.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh God. I'm gonna I got I can't believe this is happening. Um I had Ryanani on the show back in January to just talk about some random things. And I asked him to pick what a Big 12 championship game. And he said, the funniest one in the world to me, to him, he said, would be West Virginia making the Big 12 championship game because then West Virginia fans would have to torment themselves with the fact that like they're excited to be there. But also that means that Neil Brown sticks around for another season. And I was like, that would be funny. I would wouldn't it be funny about to actually happen in the Big 12? Could it? Would it? I don't know. We, I'm rooting for it. West I am Virginia, rooting No West Virginia this week that we will next see them on the road in Houston on a Thursday night.
1: <laughs> Dude, I might go to that
0: game. <laughs> oh, it's the Dana Bowl. <laughs> we'll talk about that next week. Uh, again, we will be back with picks on Thursday. We have the 10-12 Big 12 special team show that will be up on YouTube on Wednesday to recap some of the best special teams played in the Big 12 Absolutely a fantastic guest we'll be able to have on there. She is Jamie Steyer Johnson, J S J, as we lovingly call her, at J. Styles on Twitter, J-S-T-E-Y-Z. And of course, she will be uh, dropping her Big 12 tarot card reading on the 1012 Network Patreon that'll be up this week. We'll tweet that out at 1012 Network. Joe Goodman, one of the two hosts of the Bear Den podcast available everywhere. Podcasts can be found. Of course, you can go to 1012network.com to find it. Goodman, hit the tweets
1: yeah you can find us at the Bear in pod on twitter you can find us at the and you can find me at the underscore joe underscore goodman so many and also by the way uh tickets for that uh houston west virginia game on SeatGeek right now four dollars
0: <gasps> oh shit. can i convince my wife to let me go down to houston in the middle of a week to go watch west virginia houston because that is really enticing
1: I, I I live in Houston. I'm about to have that conversation with my wife right now. Of can I just drive to downtown Houston and go watch this game for four bucks?
0: Make make sure and call up our Scott and Holman podcast host buddies. Um, I'm sure that oh, we can
1: yeah. pool.
3: We can pool our change if it's a budgetary concern. <laughs> <laughs> Please sign up
0: for the Tintone and our Patreon so that Joe Goodman can go to the West Virginia Houston game in two weeks. uh He is also Joe Wheat, one of the four hosts of the Hype Train podcast, our BYU show here on the the 1012 Network. Of course, the podcast is available everywhere. Podcasts are available as well as at 1012network.com. Wheat, hit the tweets.
2: Uh, Appreciate you guys so much. Uh, I'm just going to cede my time, but first let you know, Zach Wilson is outplaying Patrick Mahomes on national television, and this might be the best
0: weekend of my life. Somehow we're gonna blame this on the Swifties. I just know that we are. It's it's going to
2: we Are we really surprised that Zach Wilson is having the game of his life on the day that a beautiful woman in her 30s shows up to the <laughs> game? The
3: the Twitter, the people I saw on Twitter is uh that he saw Donna Kelsey up there and started slinging it. He
1: was just he was inspired by Jeff Grimes scoring 36 points in the game.
0: <gasps> oh, oh, That's that uh, we end there.
3: (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network.